0: Wednesday June 24 2020 we're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or spider which is the proxy for the S&P 500 we got a lot of stuff on the docket today obviously the market got thumped pretty good and we go back to what we talked about and we spent a significant amount of time on which was how they closed yesterday, how they traded into the end of the day, that was the tell. Now it wasn't the tell that you know how much they're going to go down the next day. In fact, they didn't really go down until the market got going today. They were pretty much in and around the flat line or just short of the flat line, but something that could have been manageable. They were above 3100 around the opening bell let's give a refresher course on what happened yesterday because it's completely relevant and it's going to play into the things we discuss going forward today so yesterday they gapped up and they went sideways eating time off the clock trying to build some energy for another push higher then late in the day Late in the afternoon, the market started to fail and then all of a sudden into the closing bell, they closed below what was an important number at least to this trader, 312.33. What did that represent? It represented a breakdown candle high and it represented a recapture on the downside of that breakdown candle high. It happened to be from 12.30 on the 19th, that's 12.30 in the afternoon on June 19th That was the high, that was recaptured, and the rest, as they say, is history. Looking at this hourly chart, what else can we learn from the price action, the market activity today? What are the takeaways that we can take into the future? So one of the things we can certainly take away, and this is something that jumps out at me when I look at the 60-minute chart, which is they opened below a gap. So when the market opens below a gap, The majority of the time, using the 80-20 rule, the majority of the time, the way we read the tape is that gapping below a former gap, opening below a gap, is a negative sign, and likely story is you have lower prices coming. So what I'm referring to is the gap right here, 310.66. The opening print today was below that, and obviously we know what happened from there. Look at the support that occurred around 307. 307 was a former important number to us and when you look at a short-term chart you can see it becomes pretty evident what happened there were a set of buyers that showed up at 307 give or take a few pennies they had a 13 14 point s p bounce and then they failed how does the market trade how do we read the tape here you go they fail and they come below an important number and they start eating time off the clock trying to recapture the important number, and they can't, they start trading away. That's a bearish, flaggish pattern, and that tells you under normal garden variety conditions that the next move is still likely lower. If, in fact, and this is obviously all from an intraday perspective, but you can use this stuff on daily charts, hourly charts, weekly charts, it doesn't matter. All charts act and react the same way which is precisely everything that's taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader we're teaching you how to read the tape staying on the hourly chart for a second we'll wrap this one up you can see what's going on here and this was also found in the inside the numbers update which is the market began putting in another bearish flaggish pattern for the most part all day long after finding the low What you'll also find inside the numbers is, once we established the low, we knew where the important numbers were. There were really two on the board that we had to focus on, 303.50 and 305. I'll show you inside the numbers in a moment, but let's go see what happened. Remember the importance of two closes, 4 o'clock and 4.15. There's your 305, and what you'll find inside the numbers is, until and unless the market can get above and stay above and begin closing short-term candles above 305 no dice now into the end of the day where's the 415 close right here so the 415 close they close right on top of 305 now are there any accidents or coincidences is it an accident that right into the 415 close which is also the futures close they run right up to the same 305 now There's no accidents or coincidences in the market. Everything happens because the market's headed to a destination for a specific reason. We don't always know the destination nor the reason, but that's what's going on. Our job is to figure out which direction the market's going next, what the destination is, and we don't really care what the reason is. Here's a chart of the S&P E-mini futures contract. Here's the closing price, and this is, in fact... The 415 close, it is in fact 3050, which is it's 3050-50, but it is a semi-fat round number. We know that the fat round numbers and the semi-fat round numbers are many times magnetic to price, or price is magnetic to those numbers. Is it an accident or a coincidence that the market ran right up there into the closing bell? No, again, there are no accidents or coincidences. Now that we have all the intraday stuff kind of lined up, we've unpacked the tape. Now we go back to the daily chart. What do we have on the docket? What's going to happen here if we continue lower? What's going to happen if, in fact, the market has a gap higher? Can they gap and go tomorrow in the northern direction? We're going to talk about both sides of the coin. What are the important numbers going forward? Well, let's talk about the bear case. Let's talk about the downside. And if you recall, we had a focus for a couple of days on this particular candle here. That was a Monday reversal candle. It was not this past Monday. It was the Monday before. And what we said was that that's the line in the sand. If the market were to come back down and retest or try to retest inside of that candle, the low of that candle is, in fact, the line in the sand. You open below there on a huge gap lower. That's really, really bad for the Bulls. That's wonderful for the Bears. You close hourly below the low of that candle, and it's a hint that they're going to close the day below that candle, and that's also good for the Bears, not for the Bulls. Why are we focused so much on that candle? It's a reversal candle. There was, by definition, institutional participation. If that's the case, then the institutions should play some defense before they get to, or at least when they get to the low of that candle. If they're going to defend the reversal candle, you're going to see buyers step in somewhere near the low at a minimum. Now, let's talk about where the low is. The low happens to be 296.74. What's right above that? A big fat round number. We didn't come that far away from hitting it today. They made a low today of 302.10, You'll also see inside the numbers that, and it wasn't supposed to be right away, but if they were going to stay weak, then they were going to come down to at least 301.50. They almost got there today. I didn't anticipate that happening. So if we have the low of a reversal candle and we have a big fat round number of 300 right above that, you would figure that the combination of a big fat round number of 300 and around, let's say, 297, 296 and change, somewhere in that neighborhood, in between, the market should find, under normal garden variety market conditions, at a minimum of intraday support. Sometimes they'll spike through the low, and then they'll rip it back up. Sometimes they'll come up short. Maybe they come up short of the big fat round number of 300. Maybe they spike it through by a buck or two. You never know exactly which track They're going to take. And who is they? They are the market participants. Also trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. What about Inside the Numbers? Looks a little different today. It looks a little different because we're trying to make things better. So I upgraded to another platform that gives some additional functionality to Inside the Numbers members. It's not all here yet. It'll come one step at a time. But the actual cutover was last night into today. Murphy's Law says that the market was going to be wild today if, in fact, I was on a new platform today. That's just the way it works. It was kind of expected, so I was a little bit like the guy trying to hang wallpaper with one arm tied behind his back. But let's check out what the commentary said. You can obviously pause the video at your leisure, start and stop it whenever you like. Read the notes, go back to the market, and see what happened. The market was obviously selling pretty hard. If you're not already short, there's not a lot you can do when the market is selling hard. If you try and hop on board, you can get lucky. Today, a lot of traders got lucky by hopping on board. But we also know what happens a lot of times when you sell in the hole. It's a quote-unquote sell in the hole. What does that mean? Selling in the hole means that the market's already down a lot and you sell into the market being down a lot so you're susceptible To the whipsaw, you're susceptible to the rip-your-face-off rally, the pie-in-the-face, the the whole nine yards. By the way, we're always, whether we're long or short, we're always, and it's a we, it's not you, it's we, we're always susceptible to the the pie-in-the-face. It's a function of how the market works. The market is designed to trick, trap, fool, and frustrate as many traders and investors as much of the time as possible. That's just... The way it works. Let's continue scrolling along. What you'll see is after the market finally found a bottom, we were looking at two numbers. I mentioned them before. It was basically 305. And also, interestingly enough, you'll see the 1040 post 305.50. That was on the other side. That was on the way down where 305.50 would have been support. But at this point, we know the way it works. And it's certainly taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader we're not at this stage trying to catch a falling knife. You have to wait for the market to bottom in order to see what the next move is going to be if there's a trade available. So it's not like we were trying to catch 305.50. You're just thinking that the market is going to bottom somewhere with one of these numbers. And then when it does, puts in a reversal candle, a tail candle, gives us something to trade against. Why do you need something to trade against? Because you must know where you're wrong, therefore you can lose small and fast if you have to lose at all. It's a function of how we run the business. Let's scroll along, you can see the rest of the commentary. Go ahead and check the numbers out, see what the market was doing in and around those numbers. Read the commentary and ask yourself, hey, is this valuable information? Can this be a valuable tour guide for me in the market every single day? And the answer is, it can. You just have to use it properly. When you stop guessing and start checking trades that make sense, where you have something to trade against, where you have a target, where you know that the market above a certain place is good, below a certain place is not, If it gets above a certain other place, then it's going to go to a certain other destination. And same thing in the reverse on the way down. That's the way the market works. That's never going to change. Think of it like this. And I like to keep things simple, mainly for myself, but it also helps to explain things. Think of the market when it's going up or down, something like this. So you go out on some kind of a trip. You and your family, you alone, it doesn't make any difference. It's a long trip. You're going to have to make stops along the way. You need gas, you need food, you got to take a leak. If you're going somewhere and you're unfamiliar, you don't know exactly where you're going to stop. You're going to stop along the way so it's not predetermined. Market gets to a destination, it stops for a while. What does it do? It stops for a cup of coffee. It's either going to continue to another destination or it's going to go back in the other direction. Same thing when we're on the road. It depends on which side of the service plaza you exit, south or north, east or west. That tells you what the next destination is going to be. The market is no different. Moving right along. So you'll see 303.50, 305. Did I show you 303.50 on the chart? Maybe I should. There's a five-minute chart. There's 303.50, and you can see the market found some stability making a higher low In and around 303.50, it's debatable what the actual number is, but that's the number that I had on the board, and it was pretty darn close. Right in this area over here, 303.50 is where the market found that stability and finally tried to rally, came back, again, support at the same spot. Then it rallied. Then it was one of those little short covering rallies that you'll see was warned about. In the notes... We'll get to it here in a moment... I'm not sure exactly where it was... Here you go... 255... Obviously the pressure is to the downside... I didn't mean to be Captain Obvious... But I was setting up the next thing... However... The awareness is... If there's a spark the short covering rally can be high, wide, and deep. It's an awareness over 305. Now, here's a 10-minute chart, and here's a candle that closed comfortably above 305, closing at 305.56. Go down to a 15-minute chart, and you'll see here, the closing price here was 305.02. So that's a hint that they want to push higher. They do, but it's a rodeo. Obviously, it's a little bit of a whipsaw into the end of the day. We know the routine, and it's posted on the board Every single day, into the end of the day, anything goes. So if you're guessing into the end of the day, it's just a guess. That's it. What's going on here into the end of the day? The last, let's just say, 15, 20 minutes, 10 minutes, stuff like that. What's going on, at least from what I know, right? I don't know exactly what's going on, and I don't know everything there is to know for sure. I've been removed from the corporate side of the stuff for quite a while. However... You've got computers that are matching up stuff that they're pulling out from options contracts, futures traders, and so they're running stops, they're whipping guys and gals out, the one lot traders and the small option trader. That's why I choose not to participate into the end of the day against the computers. It's just not a wise thing for me to do, because if you get stuck in a position, you have to either sell it at a loss or hold it overnight, and that really wasn't the intention, so I don't want to play in that pool. about stocks on the move? Wasn't a good day for stocks on the move. We'll take a look at three charts, UAL, RRGB, and play. UAL getting its haircut at the open, 33.31. You can see what happened. The stock basically eight time off the clock above the price... Then came into the price slightly lower. That's as a result of this thing. We like the ones that come straight into the number. The straighter they come into the number, the more chance you have for the rocket ride away from the number. So here it was fighting the number, and you can see it just didn't do anything. It was a dud. Red Robin got dragged down with the market. You can see it thought about stopping short at about 1089, then it gave up the ghost. Everything gets thrown out with the bathwater when you have one of those in what's called a 90% down day. What does that mean? It simply means that more than 90% of the stocks on the NYSE were negative, period. Here's my own personal list. This is 450 stocks deep. Maybe it's 430, 440, I don't know anymore. But 22 were green. That's a 90% down day. Now I'm going to get questions. Can I get that list? Yeah, sure. You can get the list. It's really simple. The list looks like this. It's S&P, NASDAQ 100, and Dow stocks. And then I throw out the really low price stuff, the less than 10 bucks stuff. Not all of them. There's some in there from the crash that occurred that didn't used to be 10 bucks. And then I add back in a few things that aren't necessarily on one of those three lists or indices, but they're active stocks nonetheless. Probably sixty to 70 percent of the trades from stocks on the move are going to come right out of this list. Where do the rest come from? A secret list so obviously you can see this was a shit burger. They tried to rally it back. it didn't work. Same thing with Dave and Buster's play It was a shit burger. They tried to save it. The market pressure on the downside was too deep. when the market's selling like that and I began to say before when you have a 90 percent down day, all the stocks are down. That's the way it works. It's just one of those days. That's why we use stops. What if they flip this thing around? What happens if they gap up tomorrow? Well, they have to get above 310 or there's no dice. What's 310? 310. 310.51 is the high of today's breakdown candle. Until and unless they get above that, it's no dice. So what they can do is they can work sideways to higher for a while and that would create a bearish flaggish pattern or they could kill them again tomorrow and then we're talking about This low here from last Monday, do they give it up? Do they gap below it? Do they fight it and save it? Those are the three options. And from this point forward, we have a clean slate. There's no current important numbers on the board that you need to know about. Inside the numbers, members will have something tomorrow morning. But at present, we have to see the market open tomorrow, see what the deal is. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, it's the same thing, right? It's all the same market. We know the routine. They're all going to trade together, not necessarily to the same magnitude every hour, every minute, every day, but they're all pretty much trading together. Also, the same rule will apply to the IWM. It's last Monday's low. That's the line in the sand. It's not an accident nor a coincidence that it happens to line up with what will be a convergence of these moving averages, the 50 period and the 100 period moving average. What's going on with our friends down at the transportation department? We talked about the fact that it is the canary in the coal mine, and it has been diverging the last couple of days from the market. And we see this from time to time where the market will go down, meaning the S&P will go down, the transports are up. The S&P will go up, the transports are down. We see divergences, but one day after the next, there's no clear pattern going on. What we see is a disjointed market, and that's generally a tell as well. We like it as a canary in the coal mine, and it's also last Monday's low. Because it's basically all the same market, they're all going to be last Monday's low. About the folks out in Silicon Valley. So here they come to pay a visit to, run a test of, The 20 period moving average. Point of interest, we talked about it way back when, but this gap was never filled. 238.75 and maybe slightly below that, but the gap is at 238.75. The 20 period moving average is above that. So sooner than later, for example, this week, if the market, if the queues are found down underneath 238.75, there should be a bull bear battle going on down there. Once again, if they blow through, the line in the sand is the low. Also, 234 would be of interest. It's close to the low, but it came out of the calculator, so I put it up on the board. Remember this one? Maybe it was another canary in the coal mine. We talked about it for the last several days. They couldn't get above those moving averages until and unless they did trouble. And now look where they are relative to last Monday's low. So is this another hint? So they're already at last Monday's low, also the 50-period moving average. So unless the market turns around on Thursday, you're going to find the XLF and the financials In some more pain. They're likely going to get below last Monday's low. Is that going to be a canary in the coal mine? Is that going to help drag the rest of the market lower in the southern direction? If that's happening, the market's going lower and the XLF closing below last Monday's low is definitely a shot across the bow. It opens the door for 22 bucks in the XLF. Doesn't sound like a lot when you look at it. Hey, they're at 23. He's talking about a dollar. Big deal. Yeah, it's like 4 or 5%, but the XLF under normal garden variety conditions doesn't move all that much. A dollar is actually a pretty big move for the XLF. Smash Mouth, 20-period moving average, a little bit of a reaction from the 20-period moving average. This gap was filled the next day by a couple or three pennies. This was filled, so if they're approaching the gap again, it's not the same as if it wasn't filled before. Even if it wasn't filled by a few pennies, it's still not the same the second time around, just for the record. But again, we have the same story. It's all going to be about last Monday's lows in all these markets. I'm watching the XLF rather closely. I didn't notice that until just now. That was noticed in real time. That's what happens when you do live TV. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. I'm going to pull the ripcord here. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.